our understanding of the blood of Jesus and the impact that it has on our lives, not only for eternity, but in our daily lives, will have eternal consequences. It says in Hebrews 9.22 that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And we're going to look and unpack at how that looks this morning. And then we're going to observe the Lord's Supper. Luke 22.20 says, After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. As we worship God this morning, and we celebrate the precious blood of his Son, Jesus Christ, It is important to remember that believing in God is not what saves you. Yes, it is part of the process. We have to accept the gift that God gives us through His Son, Jesus Christ. But we are not saved by our choice. We are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, which poured out in pools before Jesus' feet at the cross for your sin. And for mine. So I want us to take just a, a brief look at a little bit of biblical background to see the significance of this. If you brought your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. The first thing we see, we're going to look at a, a brief history of the blood covenant. A brief history of the blood covenant. And the first one we see, the very first instance of a blood covenant is found with Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. At this point in the story, they have been created by God in His image. It started with Adam and then Eve was created. They were both created in His image. And they were given everything. You can have all that you want. It says in verse 20, Then the man Adam named his wife Eve because... She would be the mother of all who live. And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. At this point in the scripture, they have taken everything that God had given them and said, you know what, I think there might be more. They were tempted. And then they ate of the tree of knowledge, which God said, look, I've given you all of Eden, but just don't eat from that tree. They did. They hid. Like they can hide from God. Like you and I can hide from God when we have sin. They made clothes for themselves out of fig leaves. And God said, no, 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 no. I'm going to, get, I'm going to discipline you, but I'm also going to cover you. So as we read that, and it took me the longest time to catch this. But verse 21, And the Lord God made clothing from the animal skins of Adam and his wife. So the very first blood covenant was made at creation at the very fall of man. Because to get those animal skins, animals had to die. And two things were accomplished in this sacrifice. The first thing, Their bodies were covered by those animal skins. God covered them from their shamefulness and their nakedness. 
And that when you and I are in sin, and He is chastising us, and He is disciplining us, because He loves us, He also covers us up. There is nothing you can do that will disqualify you from the love of God other than just saying, I don't want it. It doesn't matter what you do. God will cover you like he did Adam and Eve. And here's the mind-blowing part. Not only did God cover their bodies, he covered their sins with the blood of those animals. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. From the very first moment when sin entered into our world, God killed a sacrificial animal to give them covering, but also to cover their sins. This was initiated by God, not Adam and not Eve. Adam and Eve were hiding from God, and God initiated it. Some of you in here today may be hiding from God, but my friend, He knows exactly where you are. And He wants to cover your sins. He wants you to come to Him and ask for forgiveness and repentance. And His Son's blood has covered that as well. It was initiated by God. Adam and Eve were powerless to find forgiveness for their sin apart from God's mercy. You can go to the best colleges. You can have the best teams on your Final Four bracket. Who would have ever thought Texas Tech and Virginia would be in the finals? My dad's rejoicing in heaven over Virginia. I know that. He might have had something to do with it, so I'm sorry, Duke fans. But as, as much as we tie our, our self-esteem and all of our lives to the things that we have in our pockets, the things that we have in our garage, the things that we drive, the things that we have in our backpacks, the, things, the family that we have, the activities we have, the accolades that we have, the titles, the toys, the testimonies, and all of these things, they will not help us to find forgiveness for our sins. Because forgiveness of sins is initiated by God and only by God's mercy. Innocent animals had to die so that man and woman might have a new beginning and to be back into fellowship with God. My friend, if you have got sin in your life, you are not in fellowship with Him. Adam and Eve were created by God. That relationship was rock solid. Matter of fact, it was that relationship that caused him to go to Adam and Eve. But their fellowship was broken. My friend, if you feel far from God, let me ask you, are you living with some sins? Maybe it's even just a little one. There's no such thing as little ones and big ones. Sin is sin. The skins covered their bodies, but the animal's blood covered their sins. We also see the Abrahamic covenant. The Abrahamic covenant meaning with Abraham. And it was also called the blood covenant. And we find that in Genesis chapter 15. I think it's important as we use the word covenant that we fully understand what a covenant means. A covenant is more than just a promise. A covenant is a chosen relationship where two parties make a binding agreement. In other words, they take it to the bank. 
They pinky swear on it. It's a double dog dare. You can't break it. It's not just, hey man, I hope I'll do it. Hey, will you do this for me? I'll try if I got some time. No, it is a binding covenant. And so God asked Abraham to leave his home and to go to a new land where God would make him the father of many nations. Genesis 15 details this covenant that was sealed with blood. Today, this scene would probably look like a horror movie with bloody animal carcasses on the ground, some of them split in half, separated with a short distance from one another. But to those in Abraham's day, they would know, hey, there's a blood covenant going on. We're going to walk around. It was just a common day occurrence for them. But in the blood ritual, the two making a bonding agreement would walk between the animals that were cut in half. That's why they were cut in half. They would, they would move the carcasses to the side and both walk together, signifying because of the blood of that animal and because before God, they were going to make this a covenant. And the thing here is that God uses that law to illustrate this like you may have never understood before. Look at chapter 15 of Genesis, verse 17. Chapter 15, verse 17, it says, After the sun went down and darkness fell, Abram saw a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch pass between the halves of the carcasses. So, Abram saw this. And at the same time, if you go back and read verse 12 before that happened, Abram It says, as the sun went down, fell into a deep sleep, and a terrifying darkness came down over him. What does that mean for you, and what does that mean for me? Abraham was asleep, and that that pot, that smoking pot, that was God himself. This Abrahamic covenant was not issued by Abram. It was issued by God. He initiated it. He is the one, while Abram was sleeping, he was walking through those animals to show that it did not depend on Abraham. It depended solely upon God. Everything depends on God. The next one we see is the mercy seat in Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9, we talk of the mercy seat. In the Old Testament, the Ark of the Covenant was symbolic of God's presence being among their people. They would have to carry that Ark of the Covenant, and they would have to set up the Holy of Holies. And in the middle of that Holy of Holies, they would put the Ark of the Covenant where it is believed that represented God's Spirit to be dwelling with them. And inside this Ark, there were three things. There were a golden pot of manna, There was Aaron's rod, who was the priest, and there was two stone tablets on which God had written the Ten Commandments. And what does that mean for you, and what does that mean for me? Number one, the golden pot of manna was a symbol of man's rejection of God. They said, finally, after a while, you mean we have to eat manna again? We need manna sandwiches? I'm tired of manna sandwiches. I'm tired of manna stew. I'm tired of manna. And they rebelled. The Aaron's rod was a symbol of man's rejection of God's leadership. 
And then the two stone tablets were a showing of a symbol of man's rejection of God's standard for holiness. The lid that covered the ark, on top of it, it had two cherubims, which are like angels with wings facing one another. And in the middle of that was a mercy seat. And once a year, the high priest would enter the Holy of Holies where the ark was and sprinkle the blood of a sacrificed animal on the mercy seat. This means that God's eyes, represented by the cherubims, did not see the symbols of man's rebellion. All it could focus on was the blood on the mercy seat. What does the blood of Jesus do for you? What's in it for you? By accepting the blood of Jesus Christ, God does not look at your sin, but He looks at the blood of His Son. The blood is an important thing. Today, Jesus is our high priest. And he himself has sprinkled his own blood on the true mercy seat in heaven. The throne of grace. It says in Hebrews chapter 9 verses 23 to 26 it says, That is why the tabernacle and everything in it which were copies of things in heaven had to be purified far better sacrifices than the blood of animals. For Christ did not enter into a holy place made with human hands which was only a copy of the true one in heaven. He entered into heaven itself to appear now before God on our behalf. And he did not enter heaven to offer himself again and again, like the high priest here on the earth, who enters the most holy place year after year with the blood of the animal. If it had been necessary, Christ would have had to die again and again and again. But now, once and for all, He has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by His own death. And then we see that Jesus made a new covenant with His blood. We read the scripture as we started this sermon. It said, Luke 22.20, After supper, He took another cup of wine and said, This cup is the new covenant between God and His people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. What we see from this is that God initiates mercy through the blood of His Son, Jesus. Just like the other covenants we mentioned this morning, they were initiated by God. You did nothing to deserve that. You did nothing to earn that. Because we are powerless to get forgiveness for our sins. The fact is that our forgiveness and redemption requires the blood of Jesus. And it demonstrates its seriousness. God hates sin. Sin is serious to God. Especially if you commit sins over and over again. You are setting yourself up for correction and judgment. Are you not tired of seeing sin destroy families? Are you not tired of seeing sin destroy churches? Are you not, listen to me, are you not sick of sin? It is a serious deal. 
Wake up, church! This is not another Sunday. This is an opportunity for you to experience and celebrate the blood that forgives you of your heinous, dark, awful sins. And some of you might be in here and say, well, I don't have any preacher. Pray for a minute. He'll show you. And as terrible as you might feel when that comes up, and even as I say that, some things are coming up in your mind. You're like, oh, my goodness, he needs to move on. It is that very nasty thing that you think about that is covered by the blood that we celebrate this morning. Sin is serious to God. Especially if you commit sins over and over again, you're setting yourself up for correction and judgment. Because even believers will be judged on the sin that they carry out. You don't get a free punch card to do what you want to do. There's no such thing as double jeopardy in salvation. Well, I was convicted by, by that, by God for once, so I don't have to worry about it. I can do what I want now. No, it doesn't work like that. Sin lies are taking away the very peace and acceptance God gave you. Sin deceives you into thinking your sin against God is not that serious and not as bad as somebody else's. My friend, if you're comparing your sins to the person beside you, the person in front of you, the person you work with, the person on your Facebook feed, whoever it may be, if you're comparing your sins to them, you need to look elsewhere because they are not the standard. You are not the standard. These sins that you and I commit... It says very softly, Satan says, it's okay. You can handle this. You got this. God's, God's going to forgive you of that. He knows it's an addiction. He, he, it's okay. Go ahead. You can just ask for forgiveness. And then the moment you give it to that sin, Satan does a double take and says, Aha! I told you you were a worthless piece of trash that God couldn't love. I told you that you are insignificant. I told you that you are a fake. I told you that you are a hypocrite. I told you that you should just give up following God. And He will turn on you just like that. And all of a sudden, we as believers who are bought in the blood of Jesus Christ are immobilized because we believe the lies of the devil. We celebrate the Lord's Supper today because we are set free from those sins. It's not just about drinking the juice and eating the cracker. That juice is symbolic of the blood that has saved your sin and mine. Folks, your whole eternal future depends on your understanding of the blood of Jesus For without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And folks, the blood is the heart of the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And it it makes the difference between you spending eternity in heaven and eternity in hell. Tony Evans was talking about the blood. And he says, when I stand before God and God asks me, why should I let you into my heaven? I'm going to say, I am covered in blood. The blood of Jesus Christ. Not my good works. Not my church attendance. 
Not my tithing record. Not the number of people that came to my funeral. Not what I left for my kids and my grandkids. Because I am covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. Our destiny is secure because we are covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. And the power of that blood is not only powerful to get us into eternity with heaven, with God, and to keep us from hell. It will also give us the power in our daily lives to help us determine what is a trial and a temptation. And give us the power to navigate through that. All that power comes through the blood. So if you only look for the power of the blood in heaven, you will deny the power that is here on this earth today. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we head into our Lord's Supper section, as we continue to honor the blood, I just want to give an opportunity because we're not supposed to take the Lord's Supper if if we have sin in our lives. And Lord, I know there have been many things going on in this service today that has tried to take people's attention away from what you want to do in their lives. But dear Heavenly Father, you are greater. And I would just pray, Lord, that there's one person that says, I'm sick of dealing with my sin and I want to be forgiven whether it be for the first time or the hundredth time or the millionth time. They can come forward to the altar and pray. They can pray with me. Maybe there's someone in here today that wants to know that their sins are forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ by accepting them as their Savior and Lord. This invitation is going to be swift, but it's going to be succinct. If you want Jesus to save you from your sins, during this one verse... I beg you to walk forward and make that right with him and with others today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you please stand?